I see you shiver with anticipation. So on a cold November night in Leeds. Bonfire night, no less. Something completely expected happened to us. And uh, we went to see the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Um, I I was... I, it was a good... It was a good evening spent. It was. It was. It wasn't too different from many of my other Saturday nights either, but it was of higher calibre campness, I'd say. Elaborate. Why isn't it... Um dissimilar to your other Saturday night. Well, as as we as we went for cocktails after the performance, we uh, we wandered past one of my uh, haunts and uh, if you looked through the frosted windows, you may have seen a few uh, drag acts on, but um, that's neither here nor there unless that brings us back to our opinions on the show. Talking about drag, what did you think about Mr. Frank Enferta. Uh Well, um, obviously, if we haven't mentioned already, we're talking about the Rocky Horror Picture Show. I don't know if we have mentioned um, it already, actually. Yeah, wait, um, he, he's, he's a character from. Um, and He's the character. Um, when, when, we were, when we're saying uh, something entirely expected happened, uh, the, the expected is that it wasn't as good as... Tim Curry's Frankenfurter. Um, and uh, Liam Tamney, the, uh, the the man who played um, and starred as Frankenfurter in the stage show that we went to see, he was a watered-down Frankenfurter. He, I don't, he, he came across, sadly, I couldn't get by in my mind the idea that he'd come up through the ranks of ITV talent shows. Mm, BBC is the voice. Ah, uh, but still, to me, still BBC, yeah, they've kind of, um, I don't know, lowered themselves, but... Um, Let's throw another discussion. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was coming in prejudiced anyway, but um, he certainly didn't bring across this sort of character that brought hundreds of thousands of cult-like followers uh, because of the complexity and perversity that the character actually represented. Mm. Other people in the audience did enjoy it, though. They seemed to enjoy the highly sexualized Frankenfurter that uh, Liam Tamney in the Leeds production put across. And this isn't that we're saying that Tim Curry's Frankenfurter isn't highly sexualized. It was more subtle. It was less kind of childish banter. So the sexuality we're talking of is of types. So his was more that of cock jokes. Yes. If you said penis in front of a year seven class, they would all laugh. And so did all the audience, apart from me. Yeah. There was a lot of that and less of the more subtle um, sexualization that, that uh, Tim Curry gave across, where it was uh, more dark, more villainous, um, something uh, deeper, um, I would argue. I'd I'd agree. Yeah, um, it was the way that he delivered the lines often as well. He rushed through a lot of the the key lines of Frankenfurter. So, to me, it was the Fred Show Brad. Yeah, in the the bed, that was definitely one. 
What? Your finger shook. Yeah. We'll be away from here in the morning. Oh, Brad, you're so strong and protective. <laughs> you! I'm afraid so, Brad. But isn't it nice? Why, are you? What have you done with Janet? Uh, nothing. Why do you think I should? He replaced. He replaced that with physical humour. Yeah. He did this flappy thing with the pillow twice, obviously once with Brad, once with Janet, uh, or vice versa. Vice versa? Mm. Or, sorry. And that kind of replaced the need for what actually a lot of the comedy in Rocky Horror Picture Show, to me, uh, was coming from. Comedy's comedy, it's great. You shouldn't analyse it so much that you're losing the fact that things are just funny. But so much of why I think the original Rocky Horror Picture Show was hilarious was because it was poking fun at quite a stuffy kind of world. Whereas this didn't stay true to its roots in poking fun at things which were stuffy. It kind of just, in fact, if it was indulging in X Factor-esque kind of silliness, to me, actually, that's just using the Rocky Horror Picture Show format to actually embrace quite a stuffy cultural kind of um, structure that we've got at the moment. So I don't know if I'm being too conspiratorial, but to me it's almost as though you can reverse the use and it's almost as though the enemies of the original Rocky Horror Picture Show have now, well, maybe they've not taken it over, but I don't think it's quite so stark that the Rocky Horror Picture Show actually stands for anything when it's like that. No. He was there for the cheap laughs, almost. Yeah. Um, the obvious laughs, um, and I it think it was really fun. Let's not get this wrong. No, it was it was really fun, and anyone thinking of going or or thinking of going again should definitely go because I'm sure that it's different with each. Well, it definitely is different with each each actor that plays Frankenfurter. Uh, my my issue is that Frankenfurter should be a key element of. The Rocky Horror Picture Show, he is the main character. And so when he just wasn't played as well as, or, or, or cl as close to how Tim Curry played it, it, it lost something. And so then the other actors and the narrator... Do you want to say a bit about what you mean by played as close to Tim Curry? Because people would jump on you then. Uh, I could jump down and say, well, like, nobody can yeah, be... Yeah, you, you shouldn't. Well... Yeah, because you're not him. So yeah. what, do you, what do you mean? I think there's some key elements of the character Frankenfurter that should always be there and was purposely written into the show. Like with the more subtle readings of the lines of Frankenfurter, like, why do you think I should? And um, it's not all bad. He, he rushed through them and those were kind of key lines of Frankenfurter that gave him that sultry character. Sultry is a, a good word. He lingers. That yeah. It's in his line, shiver with anticipation. Well, it, it summed it up, the fact that this guy did not even make them anticipate his mm. anticipation. He, he sang it. He just went, anticipation. Yeah. Just yeah. so he could sing it. Um, and to me, that sums it up a little bit. Not that I like things being summed up in any way. I think the fact that everything was rushed through as though he just wanted to get to the chuck the foreplay out and just get straight to the bang, um, that kind of sums it up because Frankenfurter really, to me, should be sultry, should be enjoying 
teasing people because it's that psychological pleasure mm. in sex Definitely. and what that means. Because if you're just getting to pure physical sex, uh, you can't sex can't be used then as a tool to make a point in society. Whereas to me, the beauty of the Rocky Horror Picture Show is it used it as a as a tool to say, you know, we're not like you normal. Uh, stuffy 1950s, even to a degree 1960s sort of um, tribe-minded sort of people. We're different and we don't fit. And you know how we're going to show you this? We're going to go right to something that is very sort of controversial for you, which is sexuality. And we're just going to explode it in your faces because we know that you can't deal with that. But we know deep down you claim to be so good and clean living and everything's so perfect in your little white picket fence, you know, the thing that they start the whole uh, show off with. Um, but actually, deep down, you fit just as as, as as poorly as we do. And it it's actually shown in the fact that you're just as sexually depraved as any of us. So to me, that's, that's what I... Re I know you don't want to make it too serious because it is a good lot of fun. It is. But to me... Uh, you can't have a good lot of fun until you've kind of swept away stuffiness and people oppressing you. And to me, that's what the Rocky Horror Picture Show can do. It can have so much fun in its humanity, in, in just being silly, because it's also not following any rules. Whereas, can you imagine people actually genuinely laughing on The X Factor? Do people genuinely laugh on that show? I don't think they have proper humour, because I don't mm. think they're actually allowed to be human enough to actually find things properly funny. I don't. Controversial. Well, I, show. I, I've never laughed. No. And obviously it is heavily scripted and heavily performed on that show. But go, going back to Frankenfurter and, and making some comparisons between Liam Tamney, who mm. played in Leeds on a, a bonfire night in 2016. Mm. Um, we, I, we... I'm trying to get in like a rainy night quotation from the show, to, but I, I can't remember what yes, the narration yeah, says. They, I can't remember either, but obviously when they go... That's, what we're, up, that's what we're trying to um, do. Just Yeah, and um, if, if we want to make a point of comparison between a few different stage show and different Frankenfurters who have played Frankenfurter disregarding Tim Curry for now because obviously we know that he is the gold standard um, if, if we um, if we refer to a YouTube video that's accessible it's a cinema screening to our production and it's uh, it's on there for free I think at the permission of Richard O'Brien and his production company because he Total. had this uh, well yeah because he had this uh, cinema screening done in support of Amnesty and who played Frankenfurter was a man called David Bedella. And he was far closer to Tim Curry. Mm. Um, he held his words longer. He waited until the perfect time to say his lines. He didn't Disneyfy. And when I say Disneyfy, you make it very Disney-like. Um, he didn't Disneyfy, don't dream it, be it. Don't dream And uh, Liam Tamney, he he made it into a ballad. It was, um, it was, it was, it was a bit sickly sweet, and um, so much of the focus was on the singing. I mean, Tim yes, Curry, yeah. he could sing, but it yeah. wasn't that he was trying to be a great, yeah. technical and, singer. And this is what Richard O'Brien said in an interview on the same YouTube video with Aid Edmondson. He said uh, he was asked why the songs were so successful, and he said that it was because. It wasn't like a typical Broadway musical 
these these numbers they were far more just or almost improvised and sang by those that didn't have a lot of singing credentials mm. not sure if you knew um, but I didn't know it's, that it's, it started off as a stage show and then was adapted I think into a film. I, I think I did uh, know that somewhere in the back of my mind. But Tim Curry did play it's Frank like and Furter in the original. It's like a sort of folk music, I, maybe not, but to me it's like a folk music for aliens or sci, the, the, the sci-fi folk music. Aliens from Transylvania? Yeah. I don't know, there's something... This idea that the music doesn't have to be perfect. I mean, it is... It is it's pretty not, damn good. Yeah. But in the sense that it, it works around people's more natural rhythms and... It wasn't about how they sang it. It was the words, the uh, characters. Yeah, exactly. How it was sung. And that's what I mean by folk music. Um, like, folk is to do with storytelling of actual people. Yeah. Now, these aren't actual people. These are kind of the weird aspects of people. So that's what I mean. It's like a sci-fi folk. I noticed I just said, it's not how you sang it. It's how you sang it. Ah. Um, and, and by that, I mean that you know, it's it's not how it's many very, levels. Very Stephen Fry just it, then. It's it's not how many levels you can get. It's it's how you come across whilst you're performing it. And I'm sure they do it in X Factor. Obviously, the novelty acts. That it's not how they sing it. It's how they perform it. Um, and I think the same can be said for Tim Curry. He's not an amazing singer, but the way he performed it. I think if you wrote down what Frank Inferter should be without Tim Curry's influence. And then Tim Curry looking at that and saying, okay, I've got this. It would still be perfect. He still did it so mm. very well. And David Badella in the YouTube screening also did it very well. There were points where he wasn't equal to Tim Curry, but nor should we really compare them too strongly. Because yeah, for one, it's a movie. Yeah. And 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 I think you, you should have some freedom to play Frankenfurter in the way that you want. The issue with the one that we went to see was that he took that and changed everything. So mm. it kind of just didn't feel like Frankenfurter at all. And going back to the Don't Dream It Be It with the Liam Tamney one in Leeds, he he did belt out this big ballad and very well sang. He was a good singer. Very good singer. But what David Badella did was he, he whispered it more. He he uh, held his, his lines more. You know, he, he held on every word just that little bit better. And then, if we want to make another comparison, let's go to the recent TV film screening that happened in October with Laverne Cox, who played in, just seen this myself. in Orange is the New Black. Um, I haven't actually seen the whole film, but I would definitely give it a well, try. Oh, God, no, I don't um, know. Uh, you thinking I've seen the whole... I've uh, just seen the clip. Yeah, you've seen the, the Sweet Transvestite. And I think when you, you watch Sweet Transvestite, you get a good idea of whether this actor or actress, in, in Laverne Cox's case... Well, in Rocky um, Horror Picture Show, we're not too forced. No, I, I think, and that's great. And with Laverne Cox, I think she did it very well. I think they, again, did try to make it a little bit more disney The setting that they were placed in, in the TV film, it wasn't like an old mansion or a manor. It looked um, a bit like the Glee performance. Yes, it did. I think that, that didn't translate very well to me. Once again, for me, like Rocky Horror is is countercultural. It's it's the hiding place of a rundown sci-fi castle for the mm. for the outcast, for the B movie, for the for the person who needs a bit of not just escape, but but a little bit of a fight back against uh, 
against constantly being told that no that's not how we do it i think if you take that out of it then you are robbing its original purpose mm. and i'm sure but i'm sure some people would argue that with it being so countercultural you're free to experiment it to the nth degree you can change everything but i would disagree with that because you can't change everything because then it's not the same it doesn't reflect the character as well as as they should um, when you take everything and change it completely. But um, Laverne Cox, she was very good. Um, and I think if you um, put her in a better physical setting with a manner a, a little bit more dark, um, oh, yeah. she I, would be I, able to I think she'd be, she'd pull, pull it off very well. And I think that, that says a lot that a character such as Frankenfurter can be played by both uh, men and women of different races, and that's what we've seen like yeah certainly that was my kind of worry at first i was thinking or my big quandary was um how much is this connected to tim curry and his channeling of this you know upper middle class sort Mm. of um public school boy englishman which he can't shed completely and and feeds into frankfurt lovely you know I, i i love that but i was thinking well you know how how well is it going to be pulled off when it when it's transformed not in the sense that nobody else could play it but you having somehow pay homage to to that way of expressing yourself you know almost as though the quirky is reserved for the strange englishman which isn't true Mm. but i was just wondering that maybe when people come to the quirky in western culture still at the moment they have to somehow inhabit that mode of the quirky i'm going to say the quirky white sort of englishman or some northern european something it's almost as though the white guy's got that that um premium on on being weird and then if you want to be weird and i'm not saying that's right and it's kind of sad actually but if you want to be weird then you have to come to the ways of expressing yourself that has been established by say like strange englishmen or uh, i don't know germans or that sort of thing mm. But if we go back to Liam Tamney for a second, we won't lambast him too much. He he was still very good at some areas of it. I don't want to say that, you know, he's awful, so you shouldn't go, because he wasn't awful. Very good singer. Uh, there were points where it was more Frankenfurter-esque, but again, it, it relied too much on the physical comedy that that wasn't really in. It was no doubt... Picture show quality and it was very good and the stage production really good as well you should definitely go see it even if it's just to be a troll like the audience were the audience was such a troll i didn't expect it to be so much and and i did a little from what we experienced in universal studio uh, but that was very american rocky uh, was muscular of course yeah i think they always can cast rocky pretty well Mm. He was. Um, he was. He had a bit of. Uh, had a bit of quirkiness. But, you know, some one? Rockies I've seen like seemingly they've just kind of picked them out of a gym. But this guy seemed like he might have been picked out of a ballet or a stage school, and the he was just really in buff. Leeds. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would agree. He 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 did uh, Rocky very well. Mm. Yeah. Um, if, I could if, talk musicals with that guy. I think. <laughs> if if we want to uh, compare all the different characters in the one that we saw in Leeds. I think Frankenfurter fell down whilst everyone else kind of shone. Uh, the narrator, Charlie Condu from Coronation Street, mm-hmm. very good. He, he, 
he was able to react to the audience very well, but also remember his lines. Is that he? Yeah, he'd only been doing again, it for a few weeks. He's not as much practice. He was good. Um, you'd enjoy it, though. I mean, you really sort of what a rush. Oh, what a I think. Rush. I, I think. I think next time we go, because we definitely will go again. Yeah, we'll definitely get with more a bigger involved group, with the audience. and we kind of need to be in better seats. There was yeah. a massive pole in front of my face. But the audience, they they were a character on their own. Um, yes. And very a very Yorkshire. It was good. What yeah. was that very Yorkshire response? I liked that we got? the one that was. Uh, yeah, it was um, something to do with the original, and he was like, uh, "That's Coca Cola." Oh yeah. Remember, I'm yeah. the original. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What Coca? Yeah. And who 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 actually calls it the full Coca Cola? Only yeah. only Yorkshire people, and it's just so they can show off their O's. Cooler. There were some really good ones. There was one guy in the front, like yeah. cock. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm just. I was gonna say like, cause I've just said how Yorkshire the audience was, and then I was considering like there were a lot of southern voices as well. I guess it just attracts mm. people from all yeah. around. Yeah, I really did like the audience though, and the way that they trolled and almost tried to ruin the stage production in a way, and and put a put a spanner in the works. Which is great because to me clearly that was one of the original ideas. I've not read this up, but I should imagine if we're talking countercultural, well, it's probably one of the original ideas of the stage show. Well, I did some research because oh. I'm I am very interested in how language becomes a thing and mm-hmm. how we use language to our advantage, to our disadvantage. What it actually was, how it apparently came about was following the film. Mm-hmm. Not to do with the the original stage right, production, okay. and it's very interesting but because I, this yeah. doesn't happen in any other stage show that I can think of. You don't get heckles. You don't get people trying to deliberately spoil the no, show. No, because someone would turn around and snarkily and be exactly. Like, so what happened was with the midnight showings of of Rocky Horror, uh, it, it didn't do so well in its first few weeks. Rocky Horror, and then they changed it to a midnight showing, a midnight film. So it would only be shown at midnight and it got the cult following from mm-hmm. that. So a lot of people kept coming and, and watching it almost every week. It was a ritual for them. Very interesting in its own right. I haven't done as much research into the midnight, the midnight showings and why people wanted to go every week, mm-hmm. even though they'd seen it. But what happened was because people had seen it so many times, they started to, to be able to react to the film. And the first heckle is said to have come, I believe, somewhere in California or in the United States anyway. Well, probably um, California. It might have been New York. It I've, was either California or New York. There I've were, been San Francisco. There were, there were some followings in some key hubs of Rocky Horror. Oh, one in New York, one in California, yeah. and I think somewhere else. Um, and what happened was there was a woman. She was said to be a teacher that was quite quiet. She'd never really shouted much and oh, what happened was she she heckled the film and it was right at the start of the film when Janet has the book over her head mm-hmm. and she said um, uh, something like get an Amorelli you bitch uh, or something like that and it spanned off from there that's brilliant um, and, and that was apparently the first instance of a heckle in the film and then that's what led to everyone see that's quite troubling for me as a thinker because I want to always find reasons like deep structural reasons why things are as they are but that kind of just makes it seem like you know i I mean it was fertile ground for it though that's it and that's what i'm really interested in is that sort of fertile ground and how it influenced the language use Mm. because as i say it's very unprecedented that you get 
an audience heckling in uh, in the whole of a stage show. But now it seems as though it, it wouldn't work with it. Like you think it wouldn't be the same show without it. Yeah. How could you sustain that sort of show mm. without the audience? I mean, you're teasing constantly. I mean, in the movie, it's there's so much, you know, breaking the fourth wall. Sort of, like Tim Curry, straight away, he looks at, you know, he's biting yeah. his lip and he's looking at the audience. And How you, about that? Exactly, yeah. yeah. He's looking straight at you. And so, yeah, and it makes you wonder how it could have never even be how it yeah. wasn't written with the sense of complete audience participation. Now, mm. the idea that there should be set lines for people to say, maybe not. Yeah. But, like, clearly it's not an opera where you have to be completely silent. Um, and, you Quite know, if opposite. you even coughed, you know, somebody would mm. probably cough back to uh, to sort of to tell you how... I think uh, even on a Broadway show or, or a West End show, you'd, you'd probably get those people that were there to be quiet and just watch and enjoy the show. Um, which is the beauty of Rocky Horror? It's anarchic. Oh, it's so good. I felt I felt great that I could. I didn't have to worry about checking my social media. Yeah. What you know, like I, I look. I'm not. The show is great, but you don't know how addicted, of course, like people are. But I'm fairly addicted. And also, so. how often do you get a dance number where everyone is encouraged to stand up in the audience and join along with the time? I don't know. Like I think there probably are lots. Probably quite probably shows that came out of the seventies actually in that mm. sort of time, but not many that I've experienced. Yeah. Um, no, it's very interesting how the audience participation came out of the film yeah. uh, of people just watching it um, over and over again, and obviously um, these midnight showings of Rocky Horror still continue today. That's beautiful. Um, the idea of midnight, you know, it's that's really right into that B movie sort of yeah. sci-fi. Oh, it's just wonderful. It's it's like it's that that world of Stephen King and um, and and all that kind of outcasted America. You know, the product of this ridiculously uh, homogenous kind of um, sheep-like nineteen fifties. And that's what obviously Rocky Horror is there to poke fun at, to mock, um, and it did very well. Well done, Richard O'Brien, mm. genius. And you know that that's that's kind of been his life now apart from the crystal maze another amazing performance from richard o'brien did you know he identifies like as 30 percent woman i think something like rocky horror could only come out of someone like richard o'brien and it is nice to i've just seen the clip and it actually almost not welled up but i i felt vindicated or i felt some sort of the clip you're referring to is when yes, uh, in, in the YouTube video, Richard O'Brien is one of the narrators, one of the guest narrators. There's also Stephen Fry, Mel Gidroich, Emma Bunton, Aid Edmonds. Mm, um, I'd got you told me. I got really excited about the idea of Stephen Fry. Stephen Fry, you yeah. told me that he might not have been your favorite. No, I, I think he, he he was pretty good. I think because he may have known it was being filmed, he wanted um, it to run quite smoothly. So I don't think he picked up on as much or responded to as much audience participation as he could have he did respond to some but it was quite similar to how the rest of him reacted it was kind of like mm, it's not what i've got here and then he'd carry on yeah maybe uh, expect more of Stephen fry unfairly you know uh, people are bound to a degree by the circumstance and we're talking about how free it is but at the same time you know Stephen fry sometimes builds up with his intelligence you know it's something that gains kind of potency over a discussion mm. whereas a, a quip is a quip and you've got to be quick I, I think he was still 
he, he'd still be oh, very he's good. Quick. He's given not, you know, if if he was given the whole show to narrate, and yeah, not just a small I'm sure he'd warm up. Uh, Anthony Head, the man who plays Head. the Prime Minister, yeah, Fortune. exactly, uh, who plays the Prime Minister in Little Britain, and uh, uh, he, and, yeah, he did it pretty well. He he even uh, did that to the audience. Then. Oh, and, okay. uh, what was that? Of I can't think of any intelligent way to put that. The stimulation of the well. It, it, the no, all I'm coming out is with the. De- I've just got the definite article. Imagine you're kind of setting up a, a shot in pool, but you're doing yep. it a lot faster. I never. That's one of my problems with pool. I brilliant. I ne- I, I, I never gesticulate as as um, Mr. Head. Well, it was very good, and he reacted to one of the audience members. I couldn't actually make out what the audience member said, um, but I'm sure it was very funny. Back yeah, to what we've, we were we've saying. gone on a massive because um, um, well, we we've mentioned other narrators and how they might have performed in the role of. But we got that was a tangent from something else. Yes, Richard O'Brien. Mm. He appeared on stage oh, and yes. he had a huge yes. round of applause. It lasted probably half a minute. Yeah, that vindicates um, me because looking at the crowd that we saw in Leeds, to me it was a bunch of football fans in drag. It was amazing. And I'm not denigrating football. Mm. Yeah, I don't know very much about football fans. They certainly weren't all. No, there were some strange. But it makes me uneasy how how diverse almost it can be because I'm like, damn, like this does not make it easy to come up with a theory as to how this is attracting different type of people. I guess just all people just like talking about cock. But um, to me, parts of it and parts of the people who would see him. Okay, a little bit of it was like football fans in drag. A little bit. Yeah, and there was some me, burly for, for them to Drunk. Um, give a round of applause to somebody in a different context who they'd have shunned. And of course that happens all the time where some odd people do make it into the public eye. But sometimes I feel as though that gets quite uh, sort of squeezed out. And I think as much as we've got such a such a brilliant access now to so much diversity and human complexity still so much of what what is exposed on you know all our kind of instagram feeds and facebook is is so um it has to be so sanitized and and polished almost like going back to the 80s and all the adverts and tv it's almost like um we're just waiting for those weirdos to find their place to criticize i'm saying weirdos but like the different people and it's just vindicating when when you do see them getting sort of love mm. from society because originally these works of art were created because of a lack of love from society. I'd say so. So it, I I thought that was quite yeah. touching to see him to see him there. This this strange semi male semi female what and yet people appreciated now what they appreciate about it. I, you know, that's another question. Yeah, because if it's I, I just yelling just, cock... Then... No, I, I think it, they were applauding so heavily because they they knew that he had obviously starred in the film and, you know, they, they were likely to know that he created the film. Mm, I'm always um, too and, and And I think that giving them that round of applause and giving him that recognition that he's probably had all his life, being yeah. told how amazing the, the well, film... Well, since then, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, since it became a kind of cult classic and picked up steam, he deserved that. And uh, I, although I reckon that he probably wouldn't want that applause, I don't think he'd he'd want all that adulation. 
Um, oh, it must be nice. The, I'm, I'm sure it must be nice, but I think oh. at the same time, I don't think Richard O'Brien... feel like a little god for at yeah. least a, Well, I'm sure he did. Two days. But I think at the same time, I think he just... He, he felt that, um, you know, he, he just made a film or, or a stage show and, and it happened to be successful. And, I suppose so. That's um, the problem with creativity. Like, as much as I'm trying to give it a narrative that kind of gives it a political edge... Uh, that's for the critics to say afterwards or the social commentators. Actual creators, generally, they're so involved in what they're doing and just enjoying the either... You know, in his case, it was probably just the fact that he needed to breathe and so he needed to create to allow himself to breathe because if he tried mm -hmm. to be who he was in normal society, there's no way. It would have been some yeah. some rejection, definitely. There's no way but he could have been who he was, and it wouldn't have probably been out outlandish rejection. It would have just been the fact that people did not comprehend. Mm -hmm. So well, how does he breathe? He goes to art. Quite a lot of good art is often just ignored and, and not recognised. Well, yeah, it's um, amazing how... Well, Rocky Horror was, and that's why it was pushed to a midnight showing. And then from that, it's just became a huge phenomenon. We do know that things of quality, though, last, whereas I don't know. Well, let's take, for example, Marcel Proust and his brother. Brother. Um, so uh, Marcel Proust's brother, if you don't know Marcel Proust, he was uh, the probably the greatest novelist of the 20th century. Uh, wrote a ridiculously long book. Uh, anyway, his brother was a gorgeous doctor. Uh, a surgeon, I believe. Everybody loved his brother. Marcel Proust was a strange, sickly convalescent who spent all his time writing the book. But nobody in the whole of human history is ever going to remember whatever his name, Proust, even though he was gorgeous. Probably had a nicer life, and I'd probably prefer to sleep with him than Marcel. But, you know, good old Marcel goes down for at least another probably five, six hundred years. Um, so quality, quality lasts good looks don't well okay anyway um i don't know if that actually proves my point at all i think I in a way had that um, anecdote in my head for you, a while you, know, you talk about the potentially stranger of the two obviously marcel being the stranger of the two and Certainly. being able to homosexual uh, be, being it well of the time that would definitely become be be considered strange mm. and but also what caused it was um, it was it the was it that that caused the strangeness or the strangeness that caused that, or neither? Who cares? I don't. No, um, <laughs> it does reflect that idea that how how Richard O'Brien um, may have been considered strange, and from that strangeness and uh, ridicule potentially from uh, his peers has led to the Rocky Horror Picture, and. To that, we thank him. Oh, I, well, I certainly do. Thank you. Um, so, summing up thoughts, or uh, had you got some whirlwind to cast down another state before we? No, I, I think I think summing up is. I hope is... that is. I hope that's a metaphor people use. Uh, <laughs> no. What's he on about? Um, <laughs> Madness. Uh, in in future podcasts, we we'll ha we will have a lot more mockery. Of my brother, <laughs> but for now um, we agree on something, um, and I, I don't want to. My, my summing up thought would be that I don't want oh, to no, say that he was awful, Liam Tamney in the Leeds production. He wasn't. Um, he he just wasn't. Although we kind of have said that. No, he wasn't. He wasn't. no. I know we're going back. You're allowed we're, to go back on what. Yeah. We're not saying he's awful. We never said 
He was awful. No, he didn't use he, those words. He was just he he just didn't really tick enough boxes to be Frankenfurter. He ticked the box. He ticked being, other boxes, but boxes I didn't want ticking. Physical comedy, mm. very very good. I'm not too fussed about that. It it makes me laugh maybe once or twice. Once it's done over and over again, less so. And to he me, once again, is it fitting? Uh, because I am bothered about the political and social kind of thrust. Most people, maybe not, but it, it doesn't you know, really seem to have a lot he didn't of depth. Fit into that for me. But he ticked the box of that. So well Back. done. So he wasn't awful. Well done, Liam, for that one. You did physical comedy very well. Yes. Uh, you also did your singing exceptionally well. Mm. It just wasn't in the tone of Frankenfurter. Yeah. It was far more what you would imagine Disney to produce if they had the rights to Rocky Horror. Yeah. He, he did he did have some mannerisms of Frankenfurter. Yeah, it, of course um, it couldn't be... He, it wouldn't be fully washed out. We, we, you're, talking apps, you're talking very extreme terms to make a point, but clearly every one in five times, you know, he might have hit a yeah. roundabout area. Yeah. It just wasn't enough for me, no. unfortunately. Other good positive aspects of the stage production was the stage itself and how it was designed very well done mm-hmm. they use the, the small space of the stage very very well you know for for uh, someone that looks at a production as a whole i appreciate that i don't you know me i'm uh, yeah. i just look at one thing and that's whether it supports an argument i want to make yes or whether they have a good body and so an rocky I want to ticked make. the box there he said um, did yeah the actors were very good. The narrator did very yeah, well. Yeah, this seems a bit unfair because we focus so much on Frankfurt. I mean, that's to degree justified. Yeah. Brad, the man who played Brad, did it very well, almost to a T, as, as with Janet, Mm-mm. as with Rocky. <laughs> this is kind of just saying, you're all good apart from you, Frankenfurt. I still think that um, a lot of the whole slipped up on the kind of my need for it to be thrusting towards the countercultural more, but... It was still very clean, very polished. Yeah, and yet vulgar at the same. For that reason, it was it was simple, vulgar or clean. Both those terms are simple. Um, it didn't do the foreplay, so to speak, in between, to explore kind of the perversity mm. uh, in people, yeah. and that's that's what I that's what I wanted. Yeah. The the nuances of Rocky Horror weren't really addressed very well in the production. No. Uh, I think I think they were better in the YouTube video. Some of the nuances of Frankenfurter and, and the other characters were done a little bit better, yeah. but mainly Frankenfurter. And I mean, um, Eddie, Eddie's, ne- I mean, I, I adore Meatloaf anyway, so once again, it's so hard. Like, I thought he was pretty good. Yeah, he was, I just... He like, was only in it for very short time. He's singing to me like I really was looking for those big howling kind of okay, yeah. um, heights in his voice, and he didn't... Mm. There wasn't that, but... You know, which would give it, it a manic. Well he didn't, yeah, but he didn't come across as, as manic as I'd have wanted. No, fair enough. In, in short, but not in short, those were the good points. And that would be kind of my summary to take away was that it didn't tick all the boxes, but well worth going to see. I felt a similar sort of thing. And because it was sort of in a little hall in Leeds, it kind of still matched my... Maybe maybe because the audience did have a part, maybe because I was at home in Yorkshire, once again, maybe I didn't feel as though I was exploring something that I love about the Rocky Horror Picture Show, which is it gives me this blast of Americana. 
And um, when I'm hearing, of course, I enjoyed the guy with the Coca-Cola, mm. but it, it brought me straight back to the fact that I was still in Leeds, uh, still at home in Yorkshire, which is not a bad thing. Um, I love big up, but it's also it's also the Americana that provides escapism in a way I don't think a lot of British society can hmm. for as as conformist American society is because of that they do conformity to the nth degree in certain places then the outcasts become you know they do that to the nth degree and so America's the land also the outcasts if also the conformists uh, England does things a bit more subtly and quietly and it's it's sometimes it's it's therefore probably stuffier in a worse sense than full-on machine-like conformity because you never get to the actual fact of the issue. So the fact that it was still in Leeds, you know, and I didn't have, you know, and it still therefore felt a little bit like I was going to a panto at times. It did feel quite panto. And that, that. maybe can't be remedied because it, it's we're in England and that's, you know, in a little place in, in Yorkshire, that's that's kind of what we do. So. Yeah, we at least we did have Universal Studios. It was another, a, yeah, um, another one that we went to see. It's Universal an interesting Studios. study of like the crossing of um, cultures, like Halloween Horror Nights. Yes, now really? that felt amazing. I think for the reason, and this is very personal to me because it was very fun, but because uh, I'm so indebted in the thoughts and what it stands for, I think for. Maybe I was looking for a ridiculous transformative experience that'd sweep me away with a bunch of fellow outcasts, well, outcasts or just people who who kind of like don't quite fit and um, people that appreciate the strange. Yeah, yeah. And um, I just, you know, I didn't, I didn't get that. Um, but I think that that's not going to happen with something that's been so well worn as that. You can't go seeking it. It's got to be something that arises and comes as a new cultural phenomena so i shouldn't have been searching for that so that's not a legitimate criticism but um i it's kind of more a wish that i'd have just been around when the original midnight movies yeah that would have been fantastic because they they did stage performances alongside the film so whilst the film was playing there would be people acting out and lip syncing with the uh with the actors themselves so they did a huge performance and it was definitely a trendsetter mm. uh, and something that's never been done since. Basically, uh, I just want to go back through the rebellious periods of the last of, 50, of the 60 70s, years. Yeah. Well, yeah, just go back to the different rebellious periods of the last few decades, like the, the little surges of like the 60s and then the surges in the 70s. I don't know what happened in the 80s. God, like God save us from that decade. Well, maybe <laughs> punk, you know, but I'm not that's so That's for another to, discussion. Yeah, I'm mm. not about punk. Because we have our disagreements on kind of the 80s and how bad it really was and the 90s and the 90s and and we will we will uh approach that yeah we could certainly Um, so that was rocky horror in leeds that was rocky horror in leeds and in the cultural flow of western civilization i just want to say thank you richard o'brien um because i felt after the production I did need to go back and watch the original again. And I you want to say Mad Genius. Thank you, Tim Curry, for oh, further yes. informing my hip thrusts. Not that they needed that much informing. No, thank you, Tim Curry, as well, for for bringing um, Frankenfurter into our lives. Yes. 
Thank you. Something we we would have been more boring without it. Fred so. Fred so Brad. Fred so Stu. Fred so Sam. <laughs> so is uh, what's for tea? Sausage. I don't bloody know, but apparently it's going cold. Frank Inferta. No. No, but it's sausage. So, goodbye. Thank you. Thank you.